G'day beer lovers and welcome to The Antidote, a series of special episodes of Brews News Live. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum. In this series, we hope to engage with the beer community to share their insights, to get some ideas and strategies and to provide an online gathering place. It is, if you like, your virtual beer garden and we welcome you all. I uh, am joined each day by my Brews News co-host, Brews News Week co-host and good mate, Matt Kierkegaard. G'day, Matt, and happy Easter. Happy after Easter, Pete, yes. Yeah, Sorry. well, we, we we have wished each other a happy Easter already, but uh, that was for the benefit, I guess, of the listeners, not necessarily the chat room, because it's a, you know, I don't know if you've heard, Matt, but it's um, uncharted waters, unprecedented times, and it's a fluid situation, and things are changing <laughs> at a rapid rate, and um, look, yeah, a few things happen, we've, can you believe? I, I can, um, yeah, Friday, no drama, actually, Friday's good Friday. <laughs> oh, mate, look, I, yeah, it kind of snuck up. It, 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 I've just been dealing with the next thing, um, you know, for the last three weeks, just the next thing, the next thing, not looking further ahead, you know, than just the next thing. And, you know, so suddenly I'd sort of, you know, committed us to an episode Friday and thought, oh, yeah, look, we'll do it. And I, I'll be honest, I woke up yeah, Friday. Yeah, it was, it was hard. It was hard, yeah, like it, it's hard going, doing it every day, plus everything else that we've got. And uh, so got to Friday and I just said, had to, you know, as you know, I sent you a text just of saying, Matt, do you mind if we don't do it today? And then uh, Monday, so, uh, but we had this, um, the, the the story that we're talking about today that was sort of breaking news. So we we hadn't broadcast that we were going to do on Tuesday, but we can see that some people have started to join us in the chat room and I'm sure no one will complain uh, when this pops up in their feed because it's going to be a great show. Yeah, exactly. And look, it's probably one of those things where uh, I, I guess what we're talking, the topic that we're going to bring up today and chat with, we're going to speak with Corinna Steve from Prancing Pony Brewery in the Adelaide Hills of South Australia and to Karen Stanley from Stanley Lawyers. Um, talk about the fluid situation and ever-changing. Uh, they adjusted to the lockdown regulations and restrictions. Uh, anyone who's been to Prancing Pony and anyone who, even if you haven't been there, if you've met Frank and you've met Corinna, you know that they are all about hospitality. They are all about uh, their business is, is people, their business is welcoming. There's a, a beautiful table that's made from the most beautiful piece of, of native timber and it's called the Stumtitch. Which is the like the family? Ta- it's like a special table, and that that's a reserved table for um, you know for, for special guests, if you like, and and it's a, a German tradition. That's the, the heart that that sums up in one piece of timber um, what their whole uh, I guess business philosophy is all about. They've had to adjust really quickly to boom. You can't have anyone in, but you can do takeaways and you can do deliveries. So they get up to that. There's a long story behind that and heaps of elements to it. And then all of a sudden, uh, they're told the next minute, "No, sorry, you can't do it because you're. Uh, we don't want p- tourists coming to, you know, being attracted to the area." Uh, so, look, we'll get all the details. Um, but yeah, it's it, it, it's kind of come up, come about very quickly. And we thought, I don't think anyone would really mind if we if we did a sneaky on a Tuesday. Exactly, and I was just sorry, I just nearly had uh, Corinna. Oh, I was, I was hoping that I'd you know, padded enough for you. You, you did, um, <laughs> I, I think. She has been very busy, it's fair to say. Um, I received an email this morning from um, Stanley Law regarding the uh, where they're at. They've got a, um, uh, now is it, I don't know, change.org, I think it is. 
I haven't well, seen uh, that yet, but we've got Corinna here, so we might just uh, say... Well, she can, she can fill in details for us. But I can tell you that as of this morning, there was 4,104 people had signed the signature. They're aiming for 5,000, so hopefully we can... Um, uh, sorry, 4,166 now, I've just updated. And we've got oh. Corinna here. So, Corinna, welcome to The Antidote. Hello, how are you? <laughs> Very well, sorry about that. Things are a little bit on the fly this afternoon. That's okay, that's okay. You're probably very um, ver- well-versed at making things up as you go along just at the moment, Karina. <laughs> we have to. It seems like the goalpost is changing every minute. <laughs> and I, well, I don't know if you heard my uh, introduction um, while Matt was phoning you. I don't know if you'd, if you'd got online yet. But no, I, I basically said for those people who haven't been to your venue, you, you don't even need to. If, if you've met yourself if people have met you and they've met frank they know that your whole business philosophy is really based around uh embracing hospitality and bringing people into to the the prancing pony family and that's probably i guess the 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 main thing that's that you've had to change that's right i mean um but even with us now not being able to bring the family here so to speak uh, in physical terms has been absolutely gobsmackingly uh, humbling uh, to see how many people have just rallied behind us. It's it's we're quite overwhelmed by the support that we've received. And it's fair to say that the Adelaide Hills community, um, in general, uh, but also I guess the the hospitality side of things, it, it's very much based on um, you know we're not competitors. We're together. We all bring people to the region. We look after them. We send them home with uh, a glowing feeling and memories of the place. So uh, I guess that must be, I guess, a difficult thing to, to adjust to that you, you know, you're now having to, uh, I guess, go out to your locals, but that's, I guess, where, where part of the problems uh, have arisen. Yeah, to, to be told that you can't um, allow a um, customer into your premises, and I'll give you an example. This afternoon, one of our regular customers, he's a farmer. He lives a bit outside of Mount Barker. Uh, he has two small kids and, and they don't get the social distancing, really. They, you know, one of them wanted to run up to me and ask me whether I could get one of our rocking horses down and said, oh, can you see how fast I can run? And I had to say to him, look, I'm really sorry, but I can't serve you. And he just couldn't believe it. He said, I just brought my car to service next door and you can't serve me from here. I said, no, I can't, but I can deliver it to you. So, um, <laughs> could, so you, could, you end- deli- you could you could deliver it to the mechanics? I delivered it to him. I won't say where I delivered it to, but I delivered, <laughs> I put what he bought in the car and I drove a distance and I delivered it. You, you ticked the boxes in a um, that would satisfy a, a, delivery, a, a yes. pedantic person. I didn't break the law. Now, Pete, I'm just going to put Corinna on hold for one second because I'm going to get Karen Stanley uh, to explain the legal situation to us, if that's okay. So yeah, no, for sure. If you just want to, just to, just to bear I'll with us for a, a second. I'll pat out a little bit just about the, uh, the change.org um, petition uh, that was started up, and that's how, I guess, it, it got my attention first. And not because the law had changed, but because it seemed that an interpretation of the law by SA Police um, at a local level had... Um, now, whether they were under instruction, whether they were doing uh, routine patrols or whatever and saw, oh, hang on, there's, there's people still coming, uh, not into the venue, but are, are doing a click and collect kind of thing, have then 
Karen will be able to explain better than me, but I think well, we've that got it Karen seems that there's now, an interpretation so... of the law that's been uh, um, perhaps taken differently to the letter of the law. So good afternoon, Karen uh, Stanley, who's the solicitor for Prancing Pony uh, a Brewery. How are you this afternoon? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Not too bad. We've got Corinna on the other line. So, but Karen, maybe you could just explain to us what the situation uh, emerged on Thursday evening uh, for Prancing Pony. Um, well, so on Thursday evening at about five o'clock, a police officer came to the Prancing Pony and uh, gave Karina a direction that she had to stop trading, stop doing takeaway. She was allowed to uh, provide some specialty, I think, I think the wording of it was uh, specialty grocery items and beverages as long as they were delivered off the premises. And these were directions issued under the Emergent Management Act, Emergency Management Act, aiming to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Uh, that, that's correct, isn't it? That's exactly right, yes. So what was the rationale? Because a lot of businesses have been able to do, you know, click and collect or turn up and, you know, um, have people collect their food. What was it about Prancing Pony that uh, saw them fall foul of uh, the, the police direction? That is a really good question, and that's a question that we don't know the answer to. So under the Emergency Management Act, which is basically Australia-wide, it's it's the State Act, um, but all the states have identical acts. And when a state of emergency is declared, and we see that happening sometimes you know, during the bushfires, a state of emergency is declared, and then that enables certain things to happen, including the police having really wide powers. And one of the things that the police can do in a, when an emergency has been declared is that they can issue directions that, in the opinion of the police chief, are necessary to prevent whatever the risk is. And in this case, it's the risk of the spread of coronavirus. Now, wineries had been given this direction because they're primarily tourist, tourism businesses that attract people from outside of the area. Is, is, is that right? It is, it's, it's quite hard to understand exactly why wineries were given this direction. So if I can just talk you through the direction, there was a direction a few weeks ago that um, listed a whole heap of non-essential businesses and licensed premises were one of those. And all non-essential businesses had to, they didn't have to close down, but they had to um, stop having customers come onto their premises. There was then an exemption granted to licensed premises that they were allowed to do takeaways um, as long as that it wasn't consumed on the premises. So that was the direction for a while. And all licensed premises in South Australia were bound by that direction. So they had to close to customers but could still do takeaways. A few weeks ago, there was a cluster of coronavirus in the Barossa Valley. So the police then extended that direction to say um, wineries can't even do takeaway. So they have to, they um, can't even have people come onto their place, get takeaway food. They have limited scope to serve some food or to have some food available and some drinks as long as it is delivered off premises. And that direction talked about wineries and outdoor areas associated with wineries, which I think is probably a cellar door. 
Now, Corinna, we've still got you there? Yes. Corinna, just explain what, when all of the shutdowns happened, how did Prancing Pony respond to that? What did you structure yourselves uh, and what service did you provide? So it, it feels like we have reinvented ourselves about six times in this whole scenario. You may remember that we were affected uh, through the Adelaide bushfires, not directly. We didn't get the fire to us, but uh, there was a directive already then from the Premier's office that instructed people not to visit the Adelaide Hills. And that, of course, already resulted in less visitation, even from day trippers from, from Adelaide up to the hills. So we already experienced a downturn in revenue during that period when everybody was supposed to be happy and celebrating. When the first directives came in, we immediately responded to that and we reduced the number of tables and chairs that we have in our brochure. If you've been here, you know we can seat about 120. So we restricted it to about 60. So we complied with the one person per four square meter rule. And then when the next set of uh, directives came in to not serve people on site, we reduced our furniture even further and made our brew shed into a pony shop where we would uh, sell our beers. We moved our fridges around so people uh, could be served directly on the door. They didn't have to come in if they didn't need to. We immediately established an online menu where people could order their takeaway food and package some beer in with it. And we started offering a delivery service. But really, you know, our business is not a Domino's pizza. So we're not really geared up for that. We have a a Ducato Fiat truck, and it feels a bit funny to deliver <laughs> a, a pizza in that to a customer. But, you know, we, we reinvented ourselves, and, and, and that's what we did. Um, and the takeaway was quite well supported from the people because a lot of people work in the flats. They work down in Adelaide, and they come up home, and they drive past the pony, and they take a pizza, and they take a six-pack home with them. Um, so to be told that we and, and Saturday, sorry, and Saturdays we would have a very successful drive-through bottle shop where people came and they could purchase their beer. We popped it in their boot. We went with the what is what they call contactless uh, tip and go or uh, tap and go. Sorry, tap and go on the FPOS machine. We even went as far as doing. If uh, the amount was above a hundred dollars, uh, we processed it as two separate uh, transactions so that people didn't have to use the pin pad. So we served with gloves. We had sanitation stations up. Uh, Frank has rejected the brewery to make sanitizer, and it, we've pretty much done everything that you could possibly imagine a brewery of our size and capacity can do. And I, 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 I should add it. that you've got a background in medical science in immunology, I believe. Yes, so yes, it, it, it's, it's yes. not as if this is all foreign to you. No, in actual fact, um, I did my undergraduate as a biology student and specialising in immunology and physiology. And for quite a number of years, I taught pathophysiology, uh, patho, uh, if, if you know what that means, that's the study of disease. 
And so I'm actually a bit more familiar with the life cycle of a virus and um, what it can do. And even in here, I took it on upon myself to make sure that our staff understood what a virus is and how it transmits and what our best course of action was to combat it and keep our staff and our customers safe. So we were holding hand washing sessions for all of our staff to show them how to scrub properly and uh, instructed them to do it every half an hour. And we had sanitation stations set up at literally every corner of our of our uh, brewery. Karina, I'm um, intrigued because I know listeners to this program perhaps are unaware that you hold uh, several records for uh, motorbike racing. I was really hoping that um, rather than just the Fiat Picado, <laughs> you might have been delivering you and Frank on, on your motorbikes. How, how have you managed to get uh, the deliveries done? So we, obviously the bikes were no option and, and very, very sadly for us, um, the dry like racing was canceled this year for the same reasons. And that's a bit beyond me how, uh, because we're so social distancing out there, we're going at fast speeds and we're about, we I was going to say, it would take a, another, a pretty so. mean virus to catch you at, what, 235 uh, miles per hour. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's, it's a bit of crazy world we've all woken up to, isn't it? Um, so we deliver it at the, we have two um, vehicles. Uh, one is our Fiat Ducato which we usually use to do larger deliveries, and we use that one. And the other one is a, a Suzuki, um, which is our from our salesperson. But um, our neighbours, we've got, uh, you've been here, Pete, you know that we've got when a few car yards around us, and yep, yep. Uh, one of the car yards just uh, across from us has actually offered us two cars for free to use to do the delivery so that we can do that more speedily. and. Um, Adam um, uh, from the uh, Adam May from the Adelaide 36ers. He's their CFO, so uh, he's not a player, but he's the CFO. He he saw our Facebook and he said, "I'm coming with the car, and I'm going to help you deliver pizzas." Well, that really shows, doesn't it? That that whole that community aspect, um, yes. which I guess brings us to you know the update, the current situation. So, where are we at? At the moment, and maybe um, Karen might be best best place to sort of say, um, I, I guess. Well, Karina, where are we at now? And then Karen, where do we go from here? So at the moment, uh, look, Pete, we are law-abiding citizens, and as you know, Frank is also a scientist, so we stick. We're a bit stickless to the rule in a way. Um, so we do what we've been told to do. We do not trade from here, but we're innovative enough to say, well, we will deliver. And we will deliver anywhere because at the moment I'm just trying to make a point. So if you order your beers from Adelaide, we actually deliver it or we utilize Sendle or Australia Post or something like that. So we will still continue with the delivery. We have heavily lobbied our uh, governments, every single MP that we can think of that has any influence uh, has received a letter from us. I have written a very lengthy letter to the police commissioner to explain our situation. I've written to the premier's office and we hope that we can solve this amicable. I hope we 
uh, I hope that the Commissioner can see that an error has been made in the judgment and that they're reversing this directive very quickly. So that's what we're hoping for. And Karen, uh, what's, so what's, what's the next step from here? Um, there, there are a few steps that they can take. I mean, one, one of the steps they could take is to defy the order um, and then risk getting uh, the fine every day and then challenge that fine in court. Um, would, would a lawyer that recommend is, that course of action, Karen? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, um, just, just because um, it will attract unnecessary police attention um, yep. and I, I just... It, it is not something I could I would recommend. Um, on a, on the opposite extreme, um, we could go to the Supreme Court and ask for a judicial review, which is when a decision of a government um, is made, and if you're not happy with that decision, you can ask the Supreme Court to review it. And there are a couple of grounds that we could argue. First of all, that it was um, that they've used a um, direction to a winery and. Prancing Pony is not a, a winery. And then the other ground we could argue is that this direction to the Prancing Pony to close is not a lawful direction because it's not necessary to um, reduce the risk of the spread of, um, of coronavirus. And, you know, how, how can it be when there's um, a brewery and then right, you know, within a couple of minutes, there are cafes that can still have people on site and then, you know, there are the big takeaway franchises that they're still allowed to trade. So there is a real inconsistency. But there has just been a, um, a press release by, um, by SA Police that has given me some hope. Um, and they are certainly aware about of, of the media attention on the Prancing Pony Brewery. Um, and what they have said is that um, they are continually assessing the requirement for restrictions. And I am just going to read the press release that I've just seen, which says the positive response by South Australia communities over the long weekend is heartening. And the requirement to maintain the restrictions imposed on businesses such as the Prancing Pony is currently under consideration in consultation with the Chief Public Health Officer. So that's really heartening to me. What that says is that this is being this is being reconsidered. And as I read that, part of me wonders whether it was just to shut down over Easter. I don't know to stop tourists getting out over Easter. Doesn't make it lawful, but um, but I am hopeful that it is being reconsidered. And uh, Karina has done an excellent job of pleading her case out in public, it is really clear that um, Karina and her staff went over and above with, um, with hygiene and sanitation, and there's probably far less of a risk of the spread of coronavirus at the Prancing Pony than just about any other business in the state. So I'm really hopeful that all of those things will be taken into consideration and that the Commissioner of Police will decide that it is no longer necessary for that restriction and we'll lift it. Well, fingers crossed, I guess. So uh, let's, we'll touch base with you, with you tomorrow and see how it's all going. Okay. Yeah, it'd be great if we could, yeah, get some, keep, keep our listeners updated. Yeah, let's keep that wind in our back and let's hope that um, you have a wonderful, beautiful day like we had today and let's hope that the sun shines just as bright tomorrow. 
Oh, well, thank you very much for joining us both. And uh, Corinna, all the very, very best uh, as, as you guys deal with the, uh, the, the, the challenges that date back to the tourism impacts of the, of the bushfires, but now this. So uh, uh, let us know if there's anything we can do, but all the very best uh, as you guys deal with it. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks. And Karina, just before we let you go, can you just, yeah. for the benefit of our listeners, um, tell us the name of the, the special table at Prancing Pony <laughs> that is reserved for, for the special family uh, people? So for everybody out there, when we finally are able to open up again, we have a table called a Stammtisch, and this is no, reserved for, for all the locals, and it translates into the tribal table, and this is where all the important decisions are made. Excellent. Well, don't listen back to this episode, but just um, um, be assured that that's exactly how I pronounced it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Just take my word for it. I uh, will, I will. Corinna from Prancing Pony and Karen Matt. Stanley Law, thank you very much for joining us on The Antidote. Thanks very much, very guys. Welcome. Cheers. And good luck in German. <laughs> Oh, there we go. Yeah, well, that, that's heartening. And I, I do wonder, because uh, my heart sank when Karen said, well, you know, our, our other option, uh, you know, plan B is to take it to the Supreme Court. And I'm thinking the wheels of justice grind so slowly on a good day. Oh. You, you, you think that that's just a, you know, pie in the sky sort of stuff like that. You know, that's not going to help in this situation when, you know, we need action now. Um, but to say that, you know, it, it looks like perhaps there is... Uh, yeah, perhaps it's, it, it, it's based, sounds based like around the Easter, the Easter holiday, and I can understand a little bit of you know sort of tightly puckered sphincter syndrome with the police to say what we don't want is a heap of people thinking we'll just do some you know uh, support the local industry and 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 pour into a, a tourist area. Mm. Um, so hopefully that was the reason, I guess, for this interpretation. Uh, and it'd be interesting to know, you know, whether it came, you know, does it come from, you know, like regional command level? Does it come from a, a station level or does it come from, you know, just the, I, I guess, the copper on the beat mm. um, making their own call? But it's, uh, yeah, on, no, it sounds like wiser heads might be uh, having their so day. About to prevail. Mm, so, we, we, which is very exciting. Um, and, you know, like I, I was speaking to Corinna earlier this morning and just, you know, like you could actually hear the emotion in her voice and just the stress that it's brought on. So, uh you know, seriously, uh, the best of them will be touching base with them tomorrow. But somebody else who's been doing a bit of pivoting, Pete? Not Dave the Dodger Patton. We've, I'll tell you what, he's pivoted so hard, we have tried to track him down, I think, from our second episode. He was one of the, the first of our visitors in our chat room. And we thought, no, he'd be a great one to, to speak to because, um, speaking of wiser heads prevailing, uh, Dave is, is one guy in the industry that I've always found. I always learn something new every time I, I speak to Dave. So it's great to finally get him on The Antidote. Dave Padden, welcome to The Antidote. Hello, gentlemen. <laughs> oh, hold on. You, yeah, sorry, you, really you noise, uh, I hope that's just. The I, I was going to say that. Hopefully, that's not our sound system. Hopefully, that's your voice. You, uh, how are you, mate? Mate, I'm <clears throat> I'm doing pretty well, and we'll see how my voice goes over the uh, the course of this call. But uh, I, uh, one of the reasons I couldn't talk to you last week was I had a pretty nasty uh, cold, and I couldn't talk. Mate, um, I, it must be going around. I, I've, I've felt that I've been uh, let down because I've had this nasty cough for about two and a half weeks. But uh, oh, you know, just the two of you. 
Because yeah. this is a situation at the moment. You don't like people are going around like making up stuff. Oh no, I've just got explosive diarrhea, <laughs> rather than saying, oh no, I've got a bit of a cough. Because people go, oh no, coronavirus. Yeah, it's really nice going shopping with this voice. Let me tell you, <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody wants to come near. So, mate, how are you going? Like, it's been, what, we're coming up three weeks since the serious end of um, the, the COVID-19 has really descended upon us. How are you yeah. guys going at Akasha? Oh, look, after listening to the last call, we're doing all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and, and cry for that's for sure. I mean, look, <clears throat> we've, had the, we've had the same challenges as everybody, um, you know, in certain parts of our business, and... I guess we, we count ourselves a little bit lucky in that a very large, you know, we've moved our business from five years ago being keg only to um, these days being about 70% of our businesses in cans and packaged beer. So, um, you know, that long period in its, in, its, in its own right was one we're very, uh, very, very thankful for right now because, um, yeah, we lost 30% of our business, but it could have been a hell of a lot worse. Yeah, look so, that... Yeah. It, it, and they do say timing's everything. So what was it that saw you pivot towards um, even before this? Um, what, what, what saw you mm. start to move towards putting an emphasis on packaged? Oh, it, it, was a, it was a long decision and we moved to cans around, oh, geez, it have to be a bit over three, three and a half years ago, from bottles to cans. And the uplift in our, pack, you know, in, in our sales in packaged product was, was huge at that time. And we just, we, we, we always saw strong growth in that part of our business from year to year, whereas kegs were certainly growing, but nowhere near, near the rate as, as packaged. So um, we saw growth. We saw the market move from to a more drink at home model to a drink at the pub model. And um, yeah, we did, that, that part of our business has continued to grow. So we, we just focused more and more on that, which yeah, standing here today was, was a good move. And certainly not why we did it, but it certainly, um, you yeah, know, Made the hit to us a little bit, a little bit, uh, a little bit better than it would have been. Mate, are you thinking um, like what do I do tomorrow, or are you looking forward uh, in in terms of forward planning a month, two months ahead? Um, let's say worst case scenario, you know, lockdown, um, and it may be different for New South Wales as it is for South Australia mm. as it is for Victoria and Tasmania. Um, mm. are, are you thinking ahead in terms of okay, how do we hit the ground running? Yeah, I think I think we've certainly got two eyes open at the moment, and we're not. Um, you know, we're very lucky. Um, our, as I said, we've lost thirty percent, probably another. You know, and again, our tasting room is not a huge part of our business either. So, let's say we lost forty percent of our business. We've had a bit of an uplift in package, so we're we're still brewing. We've got um, every single staff member, aside from casuals on the tasting room, still fully employed. Um, we're, we're doing okay. Um, obviously, the, the government has helped enable that um so yeah, we've got one eye on how long is this going to last and as a, you know everything's been pretty stable now for a week which is a long time in this current environment and we pivoted hard three weeks ago um to enable all, you know, almost things we're going to do anyway online sales we've never done before so we offered online sales to um just sydney metro and um contactless pickup takeaways the usual thing um, and that was has been incredibly popular for us. So that's that's sort of given us a bit of a leg up there as well. So one eye on what's happening out there right now and how we can we can continue to 
to stay alive and then one eye on what do we do when this all ends because we want to be ready for that as well because um, you know we don't want to be left sort of going oh shit we're ready to go what, what do we do now so we've definitely got two strategies running in parallel. How do you prepare for, for, for what comes after? Because every day, you know, the, the, you get the sense that there's a lot of pressure for this to end as quickly as possible. But at mm. the same time, the government is really sort of making sure that our expectations are that we're settling in for an extended period. Um, so mm. how, how do you start balancing being ready? And, and, and what does being ready look like? Yeah, but, well, I don't think that, you know, We've all got trying to get, get the crystal ball out and see what it's going to look like, and I don't think it's going to go back to what it was before. And um, you know, who knows? I think it's going to be a hybrid. I think when we all, you know, if somebody hits the button and allows life to go back to some something like it was before, I don't think we're going to hit the you know the stop button on the on the changes that we've made to our business over the last three weeks. Um, and we put a lot of work in. I mean, three weeks is is a pretty short time to pivot business and. Um, we're pretty proud of the way we've done it um, and how successfully we've done it. And, and I think our our locals really like it as well. So I don't see that going away. I see it somewhere sitting sitting somewhere halfway in between. Yeah, we'll get our tasting room back. People will be able to stay in and have a beer and all that sort of thing. But I don't see some of these new initiatives going away. Maybe not as popular, but I reckon they'll still be there. Um, we, were, we were lucky enough, again... A couple of months ago, um, you know, we installed a brand new canning line uh, when we also started doing our own wholesale deliveries around the Sydney metropolitan area. So we kind of had the infrastructure there ready to go to one, pump out some more package, but also we've got the cars and the vans and the trucks on the road to deliver all these um, direct-to-consumer um, orders as well. So it was pretty lucky. Dave, we go back to normal um, at, at, at whatever time <coughs> that happens. Do you see yourselves just going back to the way things were, or do you do you see that your business will have changed? Um, yeah, yeah it's, I mean, it already has changed. As I said, I see it, we've we've changed probably you know half of our business into being a direct to consumer model and delivered you know, on the road and takeaway and that kind of thing. I see it turning back a little bit, but only halfway, if that makes sense. So, yeah, we'll have our, as I said, we'll have our tasting everything back on online, but I reckon we'll continue on the way we are. Um, it's just on that, Dave, do you reckon sure. you've got an advantage over the local, um, you know, ALH, as an example, or the Pokey Pub mm. or, you know, the you know the, the drinking man's pub on the corner, um, mm -hmm. that more people have perhaps discovered you during this time and that maybe you've you, you're able to convert some of their regulars to yours it's really it's just, this is something we're mulling over as well as what are, what are people drinking are people going i've seen some research in the states about are people going back to their staple their trusted um beverage of choice whether that be a case of two is new or extra dry or or even back to um you know back to getting back to core again. We've always been a strong believer in, in our core offerings and that, that really is the, the real backbone of our business. And I, and I reckon we're seeing more of that now as well, rather than that chasing the new thing. So um, I think, but it was, we'll see a little bit of people going back to that, whether that be a Skinner and new at the Ari or, um, yeah, we've got some new customers. Um, but most of the people we've seen 
pretty uh, coming in and getting takeaways. Probably, uh, I think the upswing in in volume really is people drinking more rather than brand new customers. But um, I really do see people just going back to a bit more of their comfort level, which is buying a case of that pale ale rather than a four pack of pale ale and a and a you know, ice cream IPA or whatever it is that's brand new no, this week. I, I see people. But mate, what what are the interesting things? You know, like for the last two or three years, we've been talking about um, hospitality and opening a tap room is keeping mm. you know is is the lifeblood of breweries, and suddenly they've all had to close it. And yeah. we're seeing you know businesses such as yours that have managed to you know external taps are very very hard to get, but mm. you've augmented with a like a very strong packaged um, aspect to your business. You know, mm-hmm. it, it just it just seems like a really, really tough game um, where businesses, like, yeah, depending on what's happening in, in, in the economy, um, mm. businesses just need to be really, really broadly based um, to survive the various uh, challenges that come up even outside of this uh, situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, it's going to be... Yeah, look, I, I think... A lot of our, a lot of, we sell a lot of beer locally, there's no doubt about it. We do have a strong focus on package, but, you know, we're still selling 70% of our products here in Sydney. So, um, and then a big proportion of that is our locals. And without our, whilst tasting room has never been a big focus for our business, it's been a very important one. So where people can come down and, you know, this is similar to what Prancing Pony, it's, it's somewhere people can come down and see us, meet us, feel us, you know, there's only the only way you can do this is to come down to the brewery and experience that. You might go away and then buy your, you know, case of freshwater pale ale from Dan Murphy's, but that's okay. But um, I think the brewery, visiting the brewery, having a schooner at the brewery is a very, very, very important part um, of the entire offering. So, yeah, hopefully we'll get it back soon. I don't know how long it's going to be, you know. Oh well, when you don't. But one of the things that is that I've just like it's just one of those vibes that you've been picking up that, as this goes on, yes, we're seeing the fantastic uh, keeping local alive campaign that is very much about survival. But I get the feeling that there is a really positive, long term benefit of people becoming very aware of where. Lo- your, what local means and the value mm. of having a local brewery, whether you know whether it's um, like a, a producer or a brewer or anything, people are going. You know, people just have seemed to have a really become switched on to supporting their local. Do you think that's yeah. going to have a long term benefit for for business? Well, I, I reckon we're heading there anyway, right? I think I think as breweries, we recognised how important our locals were, and we kind of we're coming around full circle to that whole local model of people, you know, being that hub of activity in the community. You know, we're already heading there, weren't we? I think, and and this has really, really brought that home. Um, you know, it's the locals who are all turning up. You know, we had a mon- Monday today. Normally for us, is, would be dead, but we've had people wandering in all afternoon, grabbing some beers. You know, saying hello from a safe distance, but um, you know they just want, they still want to come down. We we could easily deliver their beer for free tomorrow morning, but they still want to come down and at least wave across the brewery at us, and kind of feel like they're back in their brewery, right? So I think we're already heading there. I think people understood the importance of that local aspect. Um, but you're 100 percent right. It really has hammered that home. Um, you know, we we you know we're all doing the right things. We're all buying from our local restaurants, supporting the pubs supporting 
pretty much the guys that are doing a hell of a lot worse than we are who have had to close their doors almost completely. So, um, and I, I'm the same. I, I, I miss that meal from, you know, the restaurant down the road, so I'm ordering it. Um, it's not just about trying to support them, which it is, but it's also about it makes me feel I'm supporting them, I'm getting the meal that I wanted anyway, and everyone's happy. So, yeah, the local thing really is has been and will be hammered home over the next couple of months. Yeah, well, Dave, it's certainly good to hear that. Um, I guess you you pivoted before it was cool, um, <laughs> and in that you know, seventy percent of your business is now packaged rather than um, than keg product. Um, but also, really, I guess, heartening to hear that. Uh, apart from the casuals in the tasting room, who presumably, yeah, will hang around and, and be looked after, and, and they can step back in uh, when 100%. things are. Are better, um, but it, but it's good to hear. You know, I guess a good news story um, that, that things are going well for you, and we and we wish you all the best here at uh, at the antidote. Thanks, mate. Thank you. I wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't say we're going well, but I think yeah, compared to some of well, the less, other less bad than some others. <laughs> Everything's still struggles, and I don't sleep very much. But but you know, look, the number one thing for us um, before anything else is 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 these guys here. Um, we've got a lot of long-term employees in the business who have supported me for a number of years. And um, it does make me feel pretty good to be able to keep going in this environment and provide them a job, get out of the house, all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's our little family here that has to come first. And, and then from there, we'll, we'll, we'll support our community as much as we can as well. So we'll keep going as long as we can. Now, Matt, I, I guess that's the, 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 the point. As we settle in, you know, three weeks in and we're starting to find a little bit of, you know, new, uh, you know, business as unusual, um, you know, I think people are putting on a brave face and they're sort of saying that it's it, it's good, but it just means it's not as shit as it could be. Is, is, is it really what I'm picking up? <laughs> it is a bit like that. I mean, it's not, it's not good by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, we've made a few changes with... You know, we're all we're all trying to support each other, and if we can just get through. I mean, there's been another. I mean, one of the other things that we've done is I've always prided our, you know, this business on having very very good relationship with our suppliers, whether that's you know, supply of our ingredients, whether that's the bank, whether that's the landlord, and all of those guys have all come to the party as well to help make sure that we can keep everybody employed for the next three to six months. Yeah, that means maybe putting off some some bank repayments for six months. It means we've negotiated a, a lower rent in line with our loss in revenue. Um, all these kinds of things, which at the end of the day came to us quite easy because we, we have very, very good relationships with our suppliers and, and really pride ourselves on that, and that. And that's helped us along as well. So it's certainly not something we've just been incredibly lucky and our revenue is still there. We've had to um, make a number of cuts, but we've also had a, a pretty bloody good um, Sort of providers underneath us that have um, helped us do that as well. Yeah, well, Dave Padden, um, Matt, and I, and all our listeners in the chat room, uh, excluding you, because I noticed you dropped out when you uh, when you picked up the call. So I thought, <laughs> I oh, thought right, our listeners have gone down. I thought, well, oh, Dave. Um, but on behalf of uh, of everyone in the the antidote family, we wish you all the best and look forward to having a real beer on the other side. Thanks for joining us on the antidote. I can't wait. How good is it going to taste? Oh, mate, looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, look, uh, just before I go, I just want to thank you guys for doing this. 
on a daily basis. I don't. I, I think you understand how important it is um, for us, the industry. It's, but it's um, it's it's really really nice, really really um, a, a, a good uh, gesture from you guys. So I really appreciate it, and I'm sure sure I speak for everybody else as well. Oh, mate, thank you for that. My pleasure. See you guys. Thanks, mate. Get back in the chat room. <laughs> we miss you. See you, <laughs> See you later. Well, well, there you go, Matt. It took us three weeks and three days, but we or two days, but we we finally got Dave the Dodger Padden from Akasha Brewing on the antidote. And it's always good to to get Dave's uh, point of view, as you said. Like he's just one of those guys who's you know sort of always up front um, and you know tells you what he's really thinking. Yeah, exactly. And as I say, it's just it's it's not that he's a a, a guy who thinks outside the box. It's just that he has just some genuinely good, you know, he, he just looks at situations and, and sees things that I'm sure other people do see, but uh, I guess just articulates them to, you know, dumbasses like me who don't see that, I guess, the business picture of, of how to run a brewery or how to, how to you know, design and, and craft a beer. Mm. Um, and, yeah, every time I, I, I'm able to, to, to speak with him or, or be involved in something that he's involved in, uh, I learn something new. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was great. And geez, the, the list of people that we're looking forward to having a beer with uh, is it grows uh, every, every uh, episode. Mate, we're going to have, have to couple. Of, we, you and I, between us, are going to have to have a couple of AFMs a few <laughs> yeah. three months um, just to prepare ourselves for the uh, all the, all the promises that we've laid out. Exactly. So uh, now, Pete, tomorrow is so. This was a kind of caught everyone a little bit on the hop. So thank you to the guys that have joined us late. Um, as we said, uh, Monday. Uh, we, we just had the weekend off. We both needed needed the time, so uh, we forgot about the public holidays. Yeah, Friday and the Monday, and, and all. Yeah, we, we were going to do it, but anyway. Um, and then <laughs> that, with the know, what's a public holiday? Prancing <laughs> pony stuff. We decided to do something because it was breaking, and then we got Dave on. But tomorrow, uh, all things going well, uh, Pete. You and I will be chatting with Pete Brown um, live at five. Live at five. Um, so he'll be. Uh, having his cup of coffee while we have uh, maybe a beer. That's it. So join us tomorrow afternoon for Pete Brown to hear how things are going in London. That's it. Well, Matt, uh, that'll do us for this episode of The Antidote. Thanks very much to everyone in the chat room for listening. Thank you to all of uh, our listeners who have been downloading the podcast and catching up. As I say, it's important not just that you hear, I guess, what's going on, but um, as many of our guests have uh, said to us, this is it's therapeutic it's cathartic it's um you know sometimes you're kind of you know trapped in your own uh kind of lonesome and you're you're thinking all these things and uh it's it's hard to be positive when it's all i guess one way but when you actually enunciate it when you actually say to somebody else you know this is what we're doing and this is what we're trying to do and this is how we're going to get through it um can sometimes oh you know just get a load off your chest so uh we like to think that, that that's what we're doing um, so thanks for, for sticking with us uh, for as long as it takes. Uh, Matt, I've got another cracker okay. warming up for the uh, for the outro. So if you want to hit the strum, send us home. was the Wuhan clan with We Didn't Start the Virus on Radio Brews News Afternoons with Maddie and Pete. And we're out. Was that a giggle? Did, did I make you laugh, that one? Uh, that was a good one, Pete. That was good. Yeah. I'll pay that there one. There we go.